Hello and welcome to the Pro Football Network Miami Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Matt Infante, joined as always by PFN Deputy Editor and Miami Dolphins reporter extraordinaire, Adam H. Beasley. And today we are joined by a very special guest. Uh, he is PFN's Chief Content Officer. He was previously the Deputy Editor of Sports Betting at ESPN, and that is David Behrman. David, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Big fan of the show, big fan of the two of you, and uh, it's been a pleasure and an honor to be on the show with you two today. Oh, boy. <laughs> Don't seem too excited there, Adam. Oh, no. You, I totally froze, and all I could see was just Behrman's smile, like the Cheshire grin. I had no idea what he was saying, so I thought we lost him, but I think it was my crappy internet connection. It was good anyway, that I was complimenting Adam, and Adam didn't hear it, so that was that didn't was hear a word you said, but I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'll take it anyway. That's okay. That's okay. Um, you, you can certainly, you know, off air, give him another compliment or two. Um, I'll just have to maybe. go back. Certainly needs it for his ego. That's the quota for the week. I'm good. I'm good. All right. So, so David, you're here because we want to talk a little bit. Um, you know, there's a lot going on as we head into week one of the season. We wanted to spend some time talking about betting because why not? Everyone's doing it. Uh, it's legal in how many states now? 38? It's legal in 32 states plus the District of Columbia, whatever there we count go. the District of Columbia as. So, Okay. So we wanted to have you on. Let's talk. Um, I, full disclosure, you are just like me, a lifelong Dolphins fan. Um, but more importantly, you know the betting landscape um, and, you know, have been knee deep in it for years. So why not have you on to let's talk about some of our favorite, you know, Dolphin related bets um, or some of the wagers we're not making because we're not confident in them. And I want to start. Um, I know uh, you sent over some of your bets. Uh, we'll start with Tua, right? Um, we've talked about, you know, what to expect this year from him and, and kind of, uh, you know, it's an important season for him. You know, it's an important season for his contract, the future, how long he's going to be here. But from a betting standpoint, his, his total passing yards, I believe is around 3,800. Yeah. It depends on, on what book you use. 3,805, 3,810. It was actually at 3,750 when it opened. And, you know, Matt, quite honestly, I, I think they're, they're, the books are hedging their bets here because you really don't know what number to put up with, with a guy who's been injury prone. And we saw what happened last year, missing multiple games and parts of other games. But but by the sheer number, I want to take advantage of the fact that it's low. And a lot of the betting content comes down to value. You can always bet your favorite team. You can always have, have something to root for every single night. But if you're looking at a season-long prop, you got to look at the value. And if Tua is healthy – this number is not even in contention, and I think Adam would probably agree with that. Last year, Tua had 3,550 3, yards mm -hmm. passing, and he missed three and a half games, if not more, if you count the plays that he came in and out of the certain games. So he's basically one game shy of 3,800. So if Tua plays a full season, which is a huge question mark, but even if he misses a game or two, he should hit 3,800 yards easily. He should hit 4,000 yards if healthy, especially in this offense. This number is definitely – factoring the fact that he hasn't played a full 17-game season. But should he, you have a very, very good value play at 3,800 yards. What what gives you confidence that he's going to have the amount of snaps needed to reach that number? I mean, I'm not a doctor. I haven't looked at his head, whatever. And obviously, the Dolphin offensive line is going to be part of that. But I think, the, you know, they have taken approaches in the offseason, as we saw in the preseason with some of the ways he's fallen, to try to help him out a little bit. And, I mean – law of averages, you're not going to get three concussions a year every single year. But I also know he's one hit away from not playing the rest of his career, potentially, and therefore that would be a losing bet. Um, am I confident he's going to play all 17 games? No, but I also don't need him to play 17 games. He hit 35-50 last year, only playing in like parts of 13 games. So really, I only need him to play, on average, 14 games on the season for him to hit 3,800. If you look what he's averaging per game and in terms of passing yards, do I think he could play 14 games? I think he's either going to play 14 or more or potentially two if he gets hurt in the third game of the season. Like, I'm not sure there's a middle ground there because this is not the same situation where when he gets injured last year, give him a week or two or a play or two, and then he gets injured, well, he'll miss two games. If he gets injured again with the head, I think he's done. So this is not a bet that I'm concerned is, is, is going to come close. I think he exceeds 4,000 yards or his career is over, quite frankly. I, I real quick, uh, Matt. Before we continue, I I do think that there is a middle ground a bit. I do think that there is a, w a world in which 
he is concussed but continues to play. I mean, there's you have some of these guys. I'm seeing these offensive linemen have taken 10, 15, 20 concussions, either diagnosed or not, throughout the course of their career. We only know of three for certain. You know, we, we assume the fourth. Uh, he had one in Alabama and two diagnosed last year, and the third was, was or was not a back injury. But I do think that if he does get a concussion, David, he is at a month minimum, and that's, and that's what – everyone better should factor in that uh, you're, you're, if you, if you make that bet, you're betting that Tua doesn't get concussed this year. Correct. Yeah. And there could be a, a rib injury, a back injury, a finger injury get where he'd miss a game or two, but yeah, concussion, this is a losing bet, but no concussion. This is an offense that if you were to take this offense and put Justin Herbert in there, or you take this offense and put Pat Mahomes in there, this number's 4,300. It's not 3,800. This is totally predicated on the injury factor because the Dolphin offense, I mean, at, at Skylar Thompson and Teddy Bridgewater's numbers last year, the Dolphins passed over 5,000 yards. So the starting quarterback should break 3,800 yards in this Mike McDaniel offense. Does it give you pause at all that they might recommit to the run a bit more than they did last year, or at least they should? And, you know, he might not have as many attempts in in a 14 or 15 games that he plays if he misses a couple to, to hit that number? No, not at all. This number is 100% to me. Ba- this bet is 100% based on health. And if you think he's going to stay healthy and you're playing that law of averages, you take the over. If you think he's going to get dinged up and can't stay healthy again, you take the under. Again, you look at the totality of the Miami Dolphins offense last year. Even if they commit to the run, two is going to have over 3,800 yards if he's healthy all year long. Just do, do the division of, of 15, 16 games. Even if they concentrate on the run, I still think he breaks this number if he's healthy. Again, you put any other quarterback that's healthy in the Dolphins' offense and they throw for 4,500 yards last year, if not more. Okay, and let's kind of go to a, a player who um, is kind of tied into Tua here. Um, I know you have a Tyreek Hill Offensive Player of the Year ticket, I believe. I do, and and this is different from MVP. MVP has proven it's the best quarterback on one of the best teams. There's, there's a handful of players that are going to win MVP. It doesn't matter if Derrick Henry runs for 2,000 yards or Tyreek Hill breaks the all-time record of 2,000 yards. He's not winning MVP. Offensive player of the year, he can win. He was in it last year. He was, he's was he been in it up for it years before. He can absolutely win offensive player of the year. I mean, you have Justin Jefferson won it last year. Derrick Henry, you have a lot of people out there, Cooper Cup the year before, that can do this. But if Tyreek Hill is going to get over 2,000 yards and break the NFL record like he is predicting, and this offense is healthy, then 21 is is good odds. Do I think he's going to get 2,000 yards? No. I think there's too many factors out there that will prevent that. But if you're looking at pure value, Justin Jefferson is 12-1 to 1 to win this award. Um, other players are 13 or 14-1. to 1. You can get 20-1. to 1. Again, what I said a few minutes ago, Matt, it's about value. 20-1 to 1 is tremendous odds for a guy who's touting 2,000 yards. If he gets that, He's offensive player of the year, bar none, and you have twenty to one on that ticket. Uh, Adam, you're you're nodding in agreement. Um, yeah, I don't think you can ever. You're never going to go broke betting on Tyree Kill putting up numbers. Yeah. I mean, he caught balls from you know. Certainly, Mahomes has been a big boost to his career, but uh, he, he had productivity when Tua was out last year. Not great productivity, not the same, but he was able, still able to get involved in the offense. And I I, I do believe that he is. He is a guy that will average 100-plus yards uh, per game. Okay. And then um, one other player prop bet that I know um, I just brought up before the show here that I'm going to end up um, wagering on, and it's all kind of related here, is the Jalen Waddle receiving yards prop. Because I was blown away in looking up this morning on FanDuel, DraftKings, and Caesars. So all three had his receiving yards total at 1,075 which seems to me like it's a play on, on a, you know, it's a bet on his health. If he's healthy and he doesn't top 1,100 yards, something went horribly wrong. Um, it, it seems like that's the kind of wager you talk about value. I mean, I, I don't think you're going to get, he's what top 12 to 15 receiver in the league. You know, I, I think it's safe to say, and you know, to get 1,100, you know, less than 1,100 yards as a number, seems like tremendous value there. I mean, and that's what these player props are. The player props you're looking at, and you have to factor in injuries. You have to factor in games played. And for the most part, most of the players in the NFL, these player props are based on a 16 to 17 game average. Because obviously, there's games that you you know you're going to miss, or there's games you may sit because the team has clinched a playoff spot. So they try to do player props over about 16.4 games a year. Jalen Waddle got hurt in the preseason. Jalen Waddle left numerous games last year. Or I think I got a text 
or an alert from Adam Beasley every single game that Jalen Waddell was headed to the locker room. So that's what that number is coming from. I, I can't tell you what it was when it first opened a couple of months ago because I bet it was higher than 1,100. Dinged up in the preseason, hasn't practiced since. You're right. Guy plays the full season, he's going to crush 1,100 yards. It's the same argument with Tua. Um, but quite frankly, we all concentrate on Tua's concussions and injuries, but Jalen Waddle's been injured just as many times. Hasn't missed the games because most of his injuries have been a rib here, a finger here, you know, a, a knee here. But should he play the full season in this offense, he's going to break 1,100 yards. Don't want to be the stickler, but it, uh, well, actually, guy, but uh, he is back in practice. He practiced Friday. He practiced on Monday. Uh, he is on track to start week one. One other crazy stat, that 2021 uh, Dolphins offense was horrendous. The dual-headed offensive coordinators, we all remember well, very fondly, or maybe not so fondly. Uh, Jalen Waddle in that garbage offense had over 1,000 yards. Okay, uh, he is going to shatter that over to your point, assuming he plays 15 plus games. That number is going to be obliterated. And I agree. That's a good bet. And then before we move to more of, of a team, you know, futures discussion, uh, I wanted to talk quickly about the Tua MVP bet. Uh, and it's interesting because right now you can still get it on DraftKings at 22 to one. It's at 16 to one on FanDuel. I believe Caesars had it at 16 to one as well. Oh, no, Caesars has it at 22 to one. So it's 16 to one on FanDuel. So, you, you know, you can go to DraftKings or, or Caesars and get it. What is interesting to me, um, and now I'm going to nerd out real quick on stats. Uh, the last five MVPs, um, they were all first or second in four specific categories. Passer rating, total QBR, adjusted yards per attempt, and the expected points added plus completion percentage over expectation composition. Um, the only one that wasn't was Lamar Jackson. He was fourth in yards per attempt and third in passer rating, but he's an outlier because of all the rushing. Last year, Tua, in a first year in a system, was first or second in each of those four categories, except total QBR, where he was third. If he puts that kind of season together again in year two of this system and plays 15 or more games and not, you know, 13, why couldn't he actually? It was an MVP caliber season last year. So if you can get that at twenty-two to one, why not? I don't. I don't think the odds are high enough. Honestly, you go back to what I said at the beginning about value, value, value. When you look at these futures, everything you just said is one hundred percent accurate. Even even the last stat you mentioned that I have no idea what it was, but <laughs> the uh, if he hits those numbers, he's absolutely an MVP candidate. He showed during his five-game stretch in the middle of last year that he was MVP candidate, soaring all the way up to number two in the odds uh, behind Jalen Hurts at the time. Uh, which is amazing to think about how high Tua was in the, in, in the odds race last year for MVP. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's just you're not giving me enough with with 18 and 22 to 1. We talk about how 20 to 1 was good value for Tyreek Hill because going into the season, you could see Tyreek Hill being an offensive player of the year immediately. I just don't think 22, and you had mentioned 18 and, and other numbers, for a guy who is injury prone, for a guy that you don't know what you're going to get, you're going to you're going to need to give me more than 22 to one for me to take it. Will I take the 3,800 yards? Sure, because the math still checks out. He almost hit it last year with 13 games played. He's not winning MVP at 13 games. Even if you look at Jalen Hurts, who was the MVP favorite before he missed two games at the end of the year, all of a sudden dropped out of the MVP favorite because he missed those two games. You really can't. If you're betting Tua to win the MVP at 22 to one, you are counting on a 17 game season. And that's hard to do. I don't need 17 games to hit 3,800. You're going to need 17, 16 at the least to hit 22 to 1 odds for MVP. Hey, here's one other uh, argument against making that bet. I don't think the Dolphins are going to win enough games. I think an MVP candidate needs to have at least 12, probably 13 wins uh, to win it. And that's a high number considering the schedule. We'll get to that in a bit. Did you have 14 minutes into the podcast the first time Adam poo-pooed the Dolphins? I don't know. If you had that ticket, go ahead and pay your winner. Look, uh, you one <laughs> one man's poo-poo is another man's realism, okay? You go ahead and look at that schedule. I've looked, and we'll talk about it. You're not well, wrong that, there. You're not wrong there. There's, if you win MVP, you're going to win 12, 13, 14 games, and Adam's not not wrong there. So, Okay, so really good segue. Um First of all, for those of you watching on YouTube, I'm not shrinking. My office chair is actually <laughs> going down as we were 
talking here, so I just had to fix it. So apologies there. Um, Adam is making me sit on a phone book. I don't know if the audience even knows what a phone book is, but he is making me sit on one. So do you keep, do you keep that phone book just for podcast? It's not purposes? really a phone book. It's a box with VCR tapes in it. <laughs> oh, even a more. Well, can you can, can we discuss where VCR is for those? It's a box that has not been opened in about 10 years. So that's why it's still tight. It's still there. It still has tape on it. I'm not going to crush it. We have limited storage space in my house and I have two drawers, three drawers just filled with CDs and DVDs. What the hell am I going to do with those? Never. I'll never use them again. No, you know, they're really good if if a table is wobbly, right? You can put them under there. (laughs) I made my first trip to a mall in like 10 years yesterday and it was blown away by the section in, there was a music and video store that had a whole section of CDs and DVDs to buy from all the great shows that we've ever watched. How are you going to watch a Sopranos CD? Where? Where where are you putting a Sopranos DVD? (laughs) In an old laptop. That's that's how you can watch it. Right. So um, let's talk quickly Team Futures. I I know. So the the Dolphins win total and most books are set at about nine and a half. Um, David, you don't have a play there. Um, why? Well, and I've, I've, been asked this, I've been asked this question on, on numerous shows. Quite frankly, I think the number's right. And, and Adam hit on, you know, what the record might be. And we'll discuss the schedule in a minute. In nine and a half, I mean, can you see the Miami Dolphins winning 10 games? Yes. Can you see the Miami Dolphins winning nine games? They did it last year. There's just too many unknowns. Fully healthy, full capacity. Yeah, they can win 13, 14 games to get the number one seed, win the Super Bowl. We're all happy. An injury here or there, and they're an eight, nine win team like they were last year. So, the nine and a half, if there's any team on of the 32 teams whose win total is set perfectly, it's probably the Miami Dolphins. They can win anywhere from seven games to 12 games. If you look at the schedule, which Adam has talked about, that, that's a tough schedule to go ahead and bet on 10 wins. Do I think they're going to win 10 games? Yes. If you force me to make a play, I would take the over. It's one more win than last year. Tua missed a bunch of games. They should be better. The defense is going to be better. We'll talk about all of that in this pod. I just wouldn't put my money on it because, I mean, we've watched the Miami Dolphins for 40 years. Anything convincing you that they're going to have a season without injuries that's going to get them 10 to 12 wins, fine. But nine and a half is probably the perfect number, plus the juice is on the over anyway, which means you got to lay more money, uh, which makes it more difficult to take in terms of value. I just think it's, it's the right number. At the end of the day, this might come down to the last week of the season or the second last week of the season, and those are the bets you don't want, want to take. You want to have over nine and a half on the Eagles last year, which clinched by freaking Halloween and have a no sweat. That's the type of bet you want. Who is this year's Eagles, by the way? Which one of these teams has a, n- a number that's really low? Um, I'm going to say the New Orleans Saints, and I say that because of their schedule. They have the easiest schedule in football like the Eagles did last year, um, and it, it's disgustingly easy if you look at it. The Saints are going to be favored in 11 of their 17 games, very similar to the Eagles. Where I'm, not, I'm not projecting the Saints are going to win 14 games like the Eagles did, but if you factor in – their division opponents, which is six games. They play the AFC South, which is another four games. And their non-agreeable, uh, the games that they have different from their other teams are against the dregs of, of, of the other NFL. So this schedule for the Saints sets up for 12 wins, even if they're not good. They also have the only quarterback in the division, which is worth anything, and Derek Carr. Uh, they'll get Alvin Kamara back after three games. Thomas is more healthy than he was. Olave's awesome. I'm not picking them to win the Super Bowl, but I think nine and a half is, is Eagles territory from last year. Um, and then do you have any feelings on the AFC East division odds? Um, do you have a play? Is there one? I mean, when I looked at them last, Buffalo was about plus 120 on, on most of the books. Uh, the Jets are 250 to 270. And the Dolphins settle in right around plus 300. Um, is there any value there for, for any of those teams, really, that, that you'd want to put your money on? I think the Dolphins are better than the Jets. So I, I, I already bet the exact finish to be Buffalo, Miami, New York, New England, and you can get seven to one odds on that. I think if you think Buffalo is going to win it and, and New England's going to finish last, it's a coin flip for the other two. And I think you're getting the value because the Dolphins are a longer shot than the Jets simply because everybody's betting the New York Jets. It's it's the, the, the toy of the month with the Aaron Rodgers stuff is everybody's betting the Jets. So they're overinflated. So I think there's value there. If I were to pick a team to upset Buffalo and win the division, I would pick the Dolphins before I pick the Jets for that same reason. The Jets number is suppressed because everybody's betting it. Uh, before Aaron Rodgers, the Dolphins were the second favorite to win the divisions. Now you're getting third division odds, third place division odds because of Aaron Rodgers. And I'm not sure that should change all that much. I mean, he's good, but I'm not buying the Jets yet. So 
I would flip those two and, you know, Am I playing the three to one? No, because it is the Bills division, but it wouldn't stun me to do it. And by the way, credit to the Dolphins and Jets and, and for, for changing those odds. Last year at this very time, the, the Bills were odds on at minus 300. The Dolphins were about six to one. The Jets were nine to one and the Patriots were about nine to one. So big difference in one offseason that it is tighter. The Bills were the biggest favorite of any division last year of the eight divisions. So the gap has been closed. I just don't think the odds are long enough for you to take it couple of quick things, Infante. Uh, I think the um, the Bills actually are due for a step back. Certainly the Von Miller injury news wasn't great for them. Um, they just didn't seem like, okay, I, this is a Josh Allen tangent, but he, they, they just don't seem to be able to show up in the moments they need to. And I don't think that's going to change with the identical personnel or near identical personnel they've had for some time. Uh, I, I feel like to the, for the Bills, if they were going to do it, if they're going to win at the highest level, they would have done it by now. Um, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. And as for the jets, just look at that offensive line, man. I mean, every single team, they, you, 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 they build these super teams and how often do they work and how often does the team with all the hype and who won the off season as a Dolphins fan, as you know, this all too well, just because you win March, April, and May doesn't mean you're going to win Jan, you know, December, January, and February. And, uh, the, with the questions they have in their O line, Rogers wasn't great last year. And that's the thing is that people are thinking he's going to be, you know, 2019 Aaron Rodgers, And that's just unrealistic. Yeah, I have that debate a lot with um, some people who live around me who are Jets fans, obviously, here in, in the heart of, of Jet country where I live. And, and they do expect Aaron Rodgers to be, you know, the two years ago MVP at Aaron Rodgers, but that's not what we saw last year. And, and then no. when you point that out, they quickly say, oh, well, did you see the receivers they were throwing to and the drops and the, 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 the missed routes? But at some point, you know... Um, it, it, it does fall on Rodgers. He, he missed throws at that Lions game last year to get in the playoffs. He, he missed some throws that he usually doesn't. So was that a sign of age? Was that a sign that he was mentally checked out in Green Bay already, which is what Jet fans want to want to believe? It, it could be. Uh, it's certainly a much more interesting division than it has been in a long time, which is great for all of us who, you know, um, are, are going to live this division and breathe this division this year. Um, okay. So, David, I have one more question. I know you have a Dolphins Super Bowl ticket, and you got it much earlier this offseason, correct? You got it when it was, what, 40 to 1? It was 40 to 1 when it first opened back in February, as soon as the Super Bowl ended. The other was actually the week before the Super Bowl. They posted 20, 23, 24 odds. I mean, call it what it is, Matt. I, I take this bet every year. Like, they could build casinos in Vegas for the amount of times I've been out there and gave my annual donation on the Miami Dolphins. I have not won one in my lifetime. So there's plenty of lights and cameras and, and tables that are nice and shiny based on my yearly donation. But I did get 40 to 1 in February, and it's down to 25 to 1. So I've gotten value right off the bat. I know you've heard me say that a thousand times. I'm not sure I would take them at 25 to 1 today. But if you were going to offer me 40 to 1, I absolutely would take it. For a team that I just did the power rankings for Adam in the article, you'll see um, and Adam and, and Dalton's power rankings article, I have them number number eight in, in terms of my rankings, in terms of seven or eight, I haven't decided. That's worth 40 to one. Like, just do the math. It's definitely worth 41. And seventh or eighth is probably equal to 25 to one. So whereas I wouldn't take it today, getting it at 40 to one is tremendous value. And it's a ticket. It's going to sit there and it's probably going to lose. And then I'll forget I even took it in February. And the, the building will get taller in Vegas. But at, at 40 to one, I think it's worth a play. Um, but that AFC is, is stacked, so I'm not going to play the AFC championship. We talked about the division, so I, I, I can't follow anybody for taking 25 to 1, but for 40 for sure. Ex explain to me, and this is the, the, the what I just can't get through in my thick skull, and I'm not a very smart man. You're smarter than me, so maybe you can explain it. They're not going to get the one seed. Like them, they, With that schedule, they're not going to get the one seed. So they're going to probably have to win either in Kansas City or in Cincinnati or both. How do they do that? I'm not sure they do. Again, I didn't think it's going to be a winning ticket, but at 40 to one, I took it before the schedule came out, even though we sort of knew who they were going to play. We just didn't know how or when, but to me, and if you want to get really next level betting to get it through your thick skull, if they do go to Kansas city or Cincinnati and AFC title game, there are hedge opportunities there where you can roll over to the other side. Obviously they'd be an underdog to so be tougher, but if you have 40 to one odds, there's always ways to play the other side back. If they make it that far this is a Miami Dolphins team who hasn't won a playoff game in most of our viewers' lifetime. So who are we fooling? I make the bet every year. I try to get the best value I can because 
one day it's going to pay for a Super Bowl trip. And that was that was kind of the joke we made. Me and my cousins were all discussing when the odds came out. It said, if you put X amount of dollars on the Dolphins to win the Super Bowl, it'll pay for the trip to go see them to win the Super Bowl. And my response back was, or they don't win it and you're bankrupt. But <laughs> nonetheless, oh, could you imagine them getting the whole way to the game and getting boat raced? Oh my god! Hey, it could happen. But again, there's the hedging opportunity. If they get all the way to the game, let's just say you put twenty dollars on it. Now you have eight hundred dollars on the line. Go, go bet the Niners or Eagles on the other side because you're guaranteed to win money. And that's what, quite honestly, how I look at futures. You do it so you can hedge it if you can. So, by the like, way, did, if it's did, close to thirty eight hundred, I can bet the other side. Did you hear Bearman just not even mention the Lions as a possibility? Lions, oh. Detroit. I mean, team in De- that, that's who you're talking about. Oh yeah, I got NFC that, is such garbage, man. That that's NFC the only team with conference. a longer playoff win drought than the Dolphins. Could you imagine um, if it was Lions Dolphins Super Bowl? Oh, that'd be amazing. I can't. I, I can't imagine that. No. Who has the game this year? They're not going to be happy with those ratings. So. <laughs> um, okay. Well. Good segue here now to talk about uh, kind of what we expect this year, right, from the Dolphins, beyond just a betting standpoint. Let's just just wins and losses. Um, I, I want to start, and I, I gave them a heads up, uh, but I don't know if they're prepared, David and Adam. Uh, bold predictions for this year. Did you have any single bold prediction? It can be team-based, player-based, whatever it is, but I, I just want to see if you guys are willing to kind of step out a little bit and, and make some kind of crazy bold prediction for us. I'm going to let Adam go first because he didn't see the rundown whatsoever. So he has to come up with this off the top of his head. So oh, I'm all, I'm always prepared. Uh, eight. Eight is the number. Number of interceptions for Xavier Howard in 2023. Oh. I think he's due for a big, big bounce back season. Uh, I think people are sleeping on him. And then, you know, in his own words, F him. Like he did not like the idea that people were sleeping on him in 2023. I think he his his productivity last year was greatly impacted by his health. Uh, not one, but two groin injuries, and that's too painful for me to even fathom. Uh, he's healthy. He looks incredible. He looked really, really good in joint practices. Uh, he looked really, really good in what I saw in the limit we saw in the games. Uh, I think he is – he didn't forget how to make plays, okay? He just had a really bad, really injured, plagued 2022. I think regression to the mean is going to happen big time for him. Uh, I, I did have a groin injury, and the fact that he's played football on it is nothing short of a miracle. I could barely get to the bathroom, more or less play football. So um, Adam threw the number eight out there. I'll throw the number 10 out here, and it, it it's top 10. Um, you talked about the Dolphins moving towards trying to dedicate themselves to the run game. Um, you have Jeff Wilson injured. You have no Jonathan Taylor or Dalvin Cook or anybody else. I think Raheem Mostert ends the season. This is bold. You said bold, right? So he ends the season as a top top 10 running back in the league is is my bold prediction. Wow. That would be – his contract would be the biggest value in the National Football League then because I think he's making like $2.8 million this year. You you ask for value, he's one of the few RB1s going into Sunday. There's Any of us who have done fantasy drafts over the last 10 days knows there's not many RB1s out there. The Dolphins have one because they're number two, number three, are both injured, and they didn't make a trade. So starting on Sunday, now I'm not saying he's going to get 30 carries. We're not there yet. But if the Dolphins have dedication to the run game, he's right now the only healthy back. Now, he also is very injury prone, but you ask for a bold. If they make the dedication to run game and if the others don't come back healthy, which you never know, Jeff Wilson's also over injured and the rookie hasn't played since he got injured in Houston. Top 10 running back. If you look across the league, there's not a lot of RB1 bell cows. So, you asked for bold. There's bold. That's bold. That's bold. It's funny. Going into this, um, I, I was thinking I, I was going to go a running back uh, prop as well, and I was going to say that Chris Brooks was going to lead the team in rushing touchdowns. Um, I, I'm not going to say that. He, he certainly could, but uh, I'm going to go the other way. I, I'm going to go with the Dolphins' pass game and how – does anyone know the last time the Dolphins had a, a, a third receiver top um, 600 yards? Does that, so three include, receivers does that, does that include tight ends or just wide receivers? Oh, any pass catcher, any pass catcher going 600 yards as the third option. You got to go Nat Moore with the Marks brothers. Like no, that. no, no. It, it was 2017. It was 2017. <laughs> they had three guys get over 600 yards receiving. I think this year they will as well. And it's going to be Braxton Berrios who's going to do it. Wow. Uh, his I career high was 430 plus yards two years ago. Trent Sherfield was third last year. He had 417 yards. 
Barrios is going to go over 600 yards receiving this year and, and become the third option that the offense has not had. Um, and I think it, it's going to be because one, uh, they have no real pass catching tight end. And I think th th those targets are going to funnel to him. And I think as defenses, you know, try to find creative ways to stop Waddle and, and Hill, Barrios could be the guy who um, benefits. It's a fun one. Yeah. I, will say I, I, I think it's just as likely that a running back gets that that number as well. They're going to be using their running backs a ton uh, in the passing game. And what's crazy is don't discount, and this is absurd for me to say, the new highest paid fullback in the league, Al Ingold, who uh, is not just a fullback. He is a guy that can split out wide. He can do some things a tight end can do. Uh, you're going to see him incorporated, I think, even more in the offense in 2023. Take, take notice, all you DFS people, if you play Daily Fantasy. Adam's saying take a little flyer and angle. There you go. He's got to be Can get good value, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So pivoting to uh, – I had one more question. Now, myself and David, obviously lifelong Dolphin fans here. Um, Adam is a pessimist. But um, – He's an honest would you... open reporter who cannot have a liking. Right. Absolutely. But he also tends to be pessimistic with the team he is covering. You know what? You don't go broke betting against Miami Dolphins screwing up. So, no, fair enough. So, it also adds, as you guys have trained me over the last four months since I joined the club, it, any bad news is page views. So, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Sad but true. Okay. So, what would a successful season look like um, to, to, to both of you for the Miami Dolphins in 2023? Uh, at the minimum, a playoff win. You have to break that ice. You have to have a playoff win. This team has been built over time after dismantling and, you know, sucking for lucking and everything else that they did to the, the draft picks and the trades. And you go through the whole thing. They have to win a playoff game. Now, I hope it gets beyond that. To Adam's point, they're not going to get the one seed. So you're, you're, you're maybe you win the division you host or you don't win the division. You got to go on the road somewhere. You have to win. If you don't win a playoff game, the season is a failure, period, in my mind. You have to win at least one. Now, is that enough? I don't know. Next year's salary cap isn't pretty. Um, they're going to have to make a lot of moves. So this may be an all-in scenario, but you can't say Super Bowl or bust. It's just not realistic. you got to win a playoff game. I'm going, I'm going to say Super Bowl or bust because it is realistic, because this is the plan. Like, right, 2019, you guys live the pain of the, of the teardown, the rebuild. This is the window. They talked about building sustainability. What they're doing is not sustainable, guys. They're not. I mean, the idea, even the idea that they entertained the notion of trading for Jonathan Taylor and giving him a big contract just shows you how all in they are right now. Uh, all their principles are going to be thrown to the wayside. If they, if they see an opportunity to upgrade significantly at the trade deadline, consequences be damned. They're going to do so. They are all in for this year and next that's their window. Anything short of an AFC championship game appearance is a failure because they're, if they don't do it this year, they don't do it next year. They're not doing it for five, six more years. There's your column. Adam H. Uh, Beasley. I think, I've written it. I think I've written it once or twice, <laughs> but yeah, no, they, the, they, the way they structured this thing, they, they just don't have, they don't have the resources down the road to do it. You guys hear that alarm going off, by the way? I think my smoke detector is beeping. I hope uh, we're all okay. Hey, if he goes down, you're going down with the ship, like all of us. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not good that that's happening right when you're talking about Super Bowl or bust for the Dolphins. Right. Um, I, I would say, you know, that I was going to say the same thing David did. They have to win a playoff game. It's been 23 years. Um, it, it, it's, it's finally time. Yeah, I know, 20, 23 years. Um, only the Lions are longer. Like I said, um, I used to, so about a decade ago, I made a list of the teams that had a longer drought, uh, in a Google sheet. And I kind of checked them off as each one, you know, the bills, the Browns, as they won one, kept checking them off. And now it's down to the Dolphins and Lions. And, um, it, it's been a while, but I guess the flip side to that is if they don't win a playoff game. So we would all agree the season was a failure. What happens? Is there repercussions or do they run it back next year? One, one more shot or is, is there it, any? It, it depends on what happens. Like if Tua gets hurt again, they're obviously going to move on from Tua, you know, at some point either. I know they, they picked up his fifth year option, but that can be moved via trade. If you can't, if, if two years in a row, you're going into the, you know, the postseason with a backup quarterback and it could potentially be Skylar Thompson for the second year in a row. 
you, you first of all, you, you reassess the decision you made to make Mike White and Skylar Thompson your backups when there are other options like Andy Dalton out there. But you, at the very least, have to move on from Tua if you cannot depend on him in the postseason. Um, and and so if that's the case, I maybe they skate, but then it's all in on 2024, uh, and they've <laughs> and they've got to uh, and they've got to find a quarterback to lead them to do that. It's the house of cards is the wrong way to put it because I think there's a lot of really good structural parts of this roster, uh, but it's tenuous, this plan. And if they have injuries to one of four uh, players on that, on that offense, three of which to your point with Jalen Waddle, obviously with Tua and Teron Armstead have injury histories. Um, I don't think they're going anywhere. So uh, they're going to, this is a team with enormous, enormous upside, but I think their floor is a lot lower than people think. I mean, I, Adam hit it on the head. I was going to say the same thing. It depends on how. Um, and, and if it's because of the quarterback injury, you move on. If the quarterback is nothing but stellar, but it's it ends in a different way somehow, mm-hmm. you know, they, their defense is terrible, you fix the defense. You run it back. Um, it, it all depends on what it is. Maybe, you know, you get far and then you just had one bad game and you reassess. I do want to ask Adam, like Bill Belichick talked the other day at a press conference about the teams that go all in and don't sustain it for 20 years, like like his example. The Rams is the current example of going all in, won a Super Bowl, and look what they have now in terms of cap issues, picks, etc. How dire is it in the future? Like asking you what the all in means with the Miami Dolphins. How bad is it? You're looking at a Rams tear it down scenario. The Saints went as far as they could before they tore it down. They didn't go all the way. Um, are you looking at like totally starting from scratch again, like 2019? Let's be honest. And it's funny that they asked Belichick that question. Yeah. You know, it's sustainable looking into the best quarterback at all time in the sixth round and him year after year taking below market contracts. That's sustainable, right? You, if you want to replicate that, go for it. Awesome. Right. Uh, Skylar Thompson would have become the next, you know, Joe, uh, Joe Namath. Great. You know, that's not at all sustainable. Um, but uh, as far as what their window is, look, it's not so much next year's ugly and they're going to kick the can down the road. I think again, they'll, they'll do some restructures. You know, you're going to say goodbye to maybe some people like Jerome Baker and, uh, and, and Emmanuel Agba, people who have, you know, cap fen- friendly deals that you can just move on from if you need to. Um, but the real issue is 2024. No, I mean, sorry, 2025. They have cap space, but they have no players. They have like nine dudes you'd want in your team under contract in 2025. And so what are you going to do? How are you going to structure it? Uh, you know, you can pay Wilkins, sure, but you can't pay nine Wilkinses. And that's really what they have on their roster right now is a bunch of guys that are uh, really, really good. And a lot of them are, are underpaid because they're on their rookie contract. So uh, sustainability comes with being able to find amenable contracts with people like Christian Wilkins, with Javon Holland, with Jalen Waddle, these cornerstone players, Robert Hunt, these cornerstone players that they have in their roster who aren't going to take discounts and you can't franchise them all at the same time. So that to me is the concern. It's not that they can't, you know, find money. Their cap situation next year is ugly, but as I said, they can, you know, they can, they can shift some of that forward, assuming the cap continues to grow, which it has every year, except for, for a COVID year. But it's they just don't have any dudes under contract past 2024. And to pay the guys that they have right now not making very much in that year, that cap space is going to dry up pretty quick. And that's not even evaluating your team and going out and improving it with free agents, with trades, things like that. Okay, so we've touched on a lot so far, but we haven't talked about what our prediction is for the Dolphins in 2023. they have a tough schedule. I think, you know, we, we've talked about it. We, we can go through it. Um, for me, uh, I'll, I'll start out here and then everyone can chime in. But I, I think they have a very narrow path to 11 wins. It's kind of their ceiling. Um, the way I look at a schedule, I like to break it down into chunks based on the sequencing. So people think this, you know, the schedule release doesn't matter. I think it matters a little bit because there is something to the flow of a season. Um and I think if they're going to get to that 11-ish win ceiling that, that I have in my head, they got to start out 3-1. and one. They, they, That first group, they, they have to. Um, the, the starting in L.A. on Sunday and then uh, Sunday night against the Patriots, win those two, win the home opener, right? And, and then 
play with house money against the Bills in, in Buffalo week four. I, I think that's the path. Um, realistically, I, I think you're looking at a, a 10 win team that, like we've noted, can drop to, you know, eight or nine wins, depending on the health of various players who have health concerns. Um, but, but that would be, you know, if someone told me what is your, you know, they asked me, what was your prediction for the year? I, I would settle on a 10 and seven with a narrow path to an 11 win season. Um, but things have to break, right. They have to stay healthy and they have to start hot. What's crazy is 10 and seven might win the division, right? I mean, that might be good enough considering because as hard as not because it's a bad division, right. But because they're going to beat each other up hundred percent. And and not, and as hard as the Dolphins schedule is the bills is even harder, right? The bills get every single division champion from last year. Their, their, their schedule is even more difficult. So um, yeah, no, I, I think your 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 synopsis of the lay of the land is absolutely on point. Uh, I, I think ten and seven, eleven and six is the range, um, but I, I think I think there's a higher likelihood that they that they go eight and nine than there is they go twelve and five. I like to break down the schedule just like you do, Matt, into chunks, and there are some wins post bye week, like the post bye week schedule. Of eight games, that's Raiders, Jets, Commanders, Titans, Jets, Cowboys, Ravens, Bills. Obviously, the last three, Cowboys, Ravens, Bills are tough. There's wins there. Like, you could reasonably say five, six wins of the final eight games, which makes the first nine games that much more important. If you don't have a winning record going into the bye, they're done. You have to have at least five and four going into the bye. By the way, you have the Bills, the Eagles, and the Chiefs and the Chargers on your schedule before the bye. Even if you give them all four losses, you should be able to beat the Broncos, the Giants, the Panthers, the Patriots. So I'd like them to be three and one, but that's a tall order when you're starting with the Chargers, Sunday night against Patriots, Broncos and Bills. Like nothing worse than two and two, obviously. You're one and three, the season's over. But three and one would be optimistic. Two and two, you got the Giants and Panthers. Eagles are going to be a tough one on Sunday night. You should beat the Patriots. Chiefs in, in Germany is probably a loss. You, you got to be five and four or better heading into that because then the, the, the end of the season, you could win five, six games. Then you're looking at 10, 11 wins. I do agree with Adam that eight eight wins is more likely than 12 wins. Um, I'm going to go with with 10 or 11. I think 10 is the most realistic. And like Adam said, 10, 10 could easily make the playoffs in the AFC. Um I'm somewhere between the 10 and 11 and all of it depends on, on those first nine games. So what you're saying is the sports books know what they're doing by setting that nine and a half line, yep. having the juice on the over. It's, I mean, that they're, they're, they're telling you they expect 10 wins is, is what they're yeah, telling you. I mean, you go five and four, the first nine games you go five and three, the second eight games, which is very realistic. That's 10 yeah. wins. And the numbers I, nine and a half, you, 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 you drop one to the Patriots or jets along the way, or, you know, maybe you upset, the Chargers or the Eagles, but you drop one to the Cowboys. Like it's realistic to go five on the first half, five in the second half, and you're sitting at ten. We've yeah. always seen the Dolphins win a game they shouldn't and lose a game that they should. So, and I will say this: we asked for bold predictions. Here's another one. One of the three, the Bills, the Jets, or the Dolphins, are going to fall on their faces. One of those three teams will not come close to meeting expectations, and it, it just happens every year. We remember 2022 was the year of the AFC West. And that was a garbage division. It had obviously top heavy with the Chiefs, and they had America's favorite frauds, the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, but beyond that, that was a garbage division. The, the, the Broncos and Raiders, terrible. That 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 is going to happen again. It's to some team in the AFC East. Just the question is who it is. And obviously, Dolphins fans would <laughs> be jumping into Biscayne Bay if it's Miami. But um, I, I think that you know we play the schedule game NFC East. They're not going to have they, the NFC East was absolutely loaded last year. It's not going to be the same this year. It's just it's just, it's just not sustainable to have year over year three three if not four teams competing for the playoffs. Uh, a couple of those teams are not going to be as good as we think they're going to be. It just happens every year. There are, we like it, it's funny we, we we go and look at these look at week one power rankings compared to week eighteen power rankings, and it's like the AP poll. Like things we think we think are not going to apply in two thousand twenty three. So yeah, and, and that's why I, I actually wrote down my power rankings for week one, because I want to see how how terrible they are week 18. I actually wrote them down, took a screen grab, 
because you know you're going to mess something up. And I was telling Adam during the meeting where this was talked about was after I got to nine teams, I had nobody else. Then I started at the bottom at 32 and got to like 26 and had nobody else. Well, so between nine and I mean between nine and 26, I have no idea. That's Point that's the that's the entire league. There's four elite teams. There's four six to six god awful teams, and the rest yeah. are just throwing the names in a hat and and take one out. And I you know unless their defense really steps up, and that's what the key I think to me to the Dolphins will be. They're going to score points. They're going to be able to move the football. If they have a top 10 defense, they're going to be a top four seed. If they don't, they're going to really, really struggle to make the playoffs. Before we move ahead, uh, what team of those three is the one most likely to fall on their face, Adam? Well, since, since, since you raised this idea. It's obviously, it's obviously the Jets, right? Jets, I mean, yeah. come on, it's the Jets, right? I think it's the Jets because <laughs> it's the same Jets team that lost their last five games last year, finished dead last in the division, didn't make the playoffs, and – are they better? They got Aaron Rodgers. Anybody with Aaron Rodgers is better. But what Aaron Rodgers are we getting? I mean, it, it, to Adam's point, this happens every year. You have a team that gets a big free agent in a big market, and they're on hard knocks, and that's all anyone talks about for six weeks is the New York Jets. So nothing will please any of us more than see that be the answer and them fall on their face. But I just think that team is talent-wise not as good as the other two teams. And that's they're talking about the '85 Bears. Their defense yeah. being as good as the Singletary Bears, and I'm just like, guys, just have a winning record first. Come on. Right, and, and last year's losing record included a game where the Dolphins had a third-string quarterback in there by play two. By by play two, and by the way, they were still in the game. The Dolphins in the fourth quarter with nine minutes to go. Didn't the Dolphins nine win, Didn't they win that game with field goals and safeties? They didn't score a touchdown that game, right? That the was the, the close out to get in the playoffs. Yeah. 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 Yep. No, I was talking about the earlier game when Oh, oh, they won. When Teddy got hurt. Teddy got yeah, hurt on the first yeah, play yeah. of the game. Well, the third string quarterback up. played in the last game. Too. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah, both both Dolphins Jets games were terrible last year. So yeah. awful. Bad for football. It'll be much better this year. And and the first one's on Black Friday this year, which is going to be another interesting dynamic that that should and be fun. We're going to go um, together, right? Matt, together. Oh, yeah, you guys we'll have, have you loading up in the parking lot with the uh, New York uh, Miami Dolphins fan club. What are they called, Infante? The Dolphins NYC. I am yeah. a pride, proud, proud member of the Dolphins yeah. NYC club. Do you have your Do you have your member, membership card, Infante? I, I do not. I do not. I have not been to a MetLife takeover either. I have not done MetLife that. MetLife takeover. Ever? That's what they call I've done like ever. 10 straight years. You're going this no. year. You, you, yeah, you are. Never. Who, do you think T- Who do you think TD is that week, man? It's Beerman in the uh, mm-hmm. in the costume. It might be. <laughs> This week, it's a Black Friday, so no excuses. The whole family's coming up for Thanksgiving. We'll all be there. Come hang out with the little Bearmans. You'll be there. Uh, by the way, we are 48 minutes into this podcast, and we have yet to talk about week one. And that's what we're – thank you for the segue. That's how we're going to close here. Um, so, Adam, I, I want to start with you because you just published a column on ProFootballNetwork.com slash Miami-Dolphins for all of Adam's content in one like spot. Like that. Like that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I've been practicing. Um, so – you, you just kind of spoke about uh, talking a little bit about last year and, and, and the Chargers Dolphins meeting. Um, Adam, take it away. Explain what your column was um, based on some of the comments that are coming out of uh, out of McDaniel's press conference. Yeah. So uh, the and I'm as guilty of feeding into this narrative as, as as anyone because I think I used the word blueprint in a headline after the Niners Chargers West Coast swing, which was the two worst games I think of Tonga Veloa's healthy 2022 season. Um, they figured him out, jam the line, you know, flood the, the, the deep middle and, and don't let him get anything past five yards of the line of scrimmage. And you're going to uh, figure out how to beat the Miami Dolphins. And there might be a little bit of truth to that. But the idea that this is some, you know, do you think the bills who they Dolphins played after the chargers didn't do those things as well in which, the Dolphins scored 29 points. You don't think the Packers didn't use some of those same philosophies in the Packers game and Dolphins scored 20 points in the first half when Tua wasn't concussed. Like the idea that these were the first <laughs> McDaniel, who was kind of cheeky t- at times, it was like, Oh yeah, yeah. The Chargers reinvented defensive football. Like <laughs> the Brandon Staley blueprint, he's got me. And he was, he, he kind of leaned into it a little bit, which was fun to see. No, here's what happened, fellas a bunch of bad players kick the asses of a bunch of good players in the Miami Dolphins. Okay. Uh, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill got mugged at the line of scrimmage. They got to do better beating that. Right. Uh, the, the Dolphins saw a ton of light boxes. They couldn't run the football. Okay. So if you're going to have uh, press coverage and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle can't beat it. And if you're going to have 
six and six, five and six man boxes and you can't run the football against them. I don't care who your offensive mastermind is. You're not going to win that football game. You're going to get beat. So yes, if the Dolphins play like crap again, that is the blueprint to losing. If they play crap against a good team like the Chargers, they will lose. Um, if they do some of the creative stuff that we saw in 14 of the other 17 games in which they played uh, in 2023, they're going to be just fine. So yeah, uh, I, I do think it's a tough game. Like, <laughs> I know, what was it, three points? Uh, that's what they're getting going on the road, which is essentially this, these teams are a coin flip. Um, game was in Miami. I picked the Dolphins. The game's in LA. I'm probably going to pick the Chargers. And that's pretty much spot on. That's what the three points is. It's home field advantage. If this game was played in Arrowhead, it would be pretty much an even game one way or another. Um, Mike McDaniels had all offseason to to look at that tape. To Adam's point, they did things that changed things up for the Dolphins and Tua, and they struggled. Uh, But I wouldn't say that the repeat is near, and I kind of think it's funny that McDaniel gave bulletin board material because it's cute for him to do that every once in a while. I think the one factor people are forgetting is also look at that stretch of the season for the Dolphins. They played the 49ers the week before. So back-to-back West Coast games. Most teams, if you go look at the stats, I don't have the exact stats in front of me, don't do well the week after playing the 49ers. 49ers beat you up. It's one of the best defenses in football. They beat you up. I'm not making excuses for them, but maybe some of those players retired. You know, it was the second week of back-to-back on the West Coast. No, by the way, the next game was to be in Buffalo on a Saturday night. So not saying people were looking ahead, but with San Francisco in your rearview mirror and Saturday primetime coming up against Buffalo, maybe that's why these guys got the crap beat of them on the line of scrimmage. And as Adam said, there weren't all pro players that were winning the battles. Who knows what happened the week before against the Niners and how sore they were, not going home, not having a normal week, staying out there. So I'm not going to say that Brandon Staley invented defensive football. Um, But this is also a Chargers team that if you look at the totality of last season, they had more misses than makes, and the make happened to be against the Dolphins. It's also the same team that blew a four-touchdown lead against Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars in the playoffs. So I'm not ready to put the farm on the Chargers. I think the line is exactly what it should be. It's a toss-up game, and depending on – which Dolphins offense shows up is where this game is going to be had. I can see it going either way. I could see them losing a tough one on the road in LA to start the season. And I can see them going out there and saying, we're better than you and winning that game. Yeah. And I think Adam, you had mentioned how McDaniel had all off season to, you know, review the tape. He also, and not that he was involved too much in the game planning because it is a Brandon Staley defense and all, but Ronaldo Hill was the defensive coordinator in LA last year. He's now in the Dolphins coach coaching staff. So, you know, you yeah, can also and, and all, all that but stuff. It's on the tape, right? What yeah. they did is on the tape. They don't really need to talk to Ronaldo Hill to find out what they did. They know. Yeah. I also and, and think they were the, the, the Chargers were very chirpy last year after that game. I, I didn't realize it at the time. A lot of quotes resurfaced this week for what the team, especially these defensive players I'd never heard of before, were saying after that game. And I would not be surprised if that's not something that's going around that locker room, knowing that they were kind of, you know taking out their chest a bit after that um, publicly. And by the way, go ahead. I do think uh, that this will be uh, a very revealing game because how they play is as important to me as the result. Like if they go out there and lay lay a complete egg and the defense gets torched, like that's the thing is that uh, McDaniel will figure out the offense. Uh, So long as the quarterback's healthy, there'll be a top 10 offense and points and yards per play and all that. But if, if, if Justin Herbert, who now has a new offensive coordinator, <laughs> finally got out underneath the, uh, the thumb of, uh, of, of uh, Lombardi, uh, if, you know, if, if, if they're able to harness his great, great, great natural ability uh, and they light up the Dolphins defense, I will be concerned because there is a long list of very good quarterbacks on this schedule that they're going to have to go and beat. And, um, and if they, if they can't handle Justin Herbert, how are they going to handle Patrick Mahomes? I mean, the way they talk about this game, you would have thought the Dolphins lost 44, nothing. I mean, right. They lost by six. I understand they had a late field goal, but it was a one, it was a nine point game with a minute and a half to go. And it ended a six point game. It's not like this was 44, nothing. The Dolphins were in the game. It didn't feel like they were in the game, but they're in the game. And to Adam's point, they had a very fluky touchdown on right. that fumble recovery. Yeah. It wasn't the world's best game, as we know. Um, but to Adam's point about the defense, Mike Williams, 6 for 116 and a touchdown. Keenan Allen, 12 for 92. Justin Herbert, 367 yards. 
Austin Eckler scored a touchdown when nobody touched him. Like, you got you got to prevent that. The Chargers have weapons, but the Chargers also win nine games every year for a reason. So if, if Keenan Allen gets 12 catches and Mike Williams goes six for 116, the Dolphins are going to lose the game. So you got to shut them down because it's an explosive offense, but you got to make them beat themselves as well. Yeah, and one final point about the new offense. It's interesting. Um, the starters didn't play at all this year in the preseason, which a, a new offense, a new offensive coordinator, not playing in the preseason. Uh, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I've seen a lot of people talking about, but anecdotally, you know, providing some 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 evidence that these teams tend to start slow for, for whatever reason as they get their feet on the room in the new offense. So that's something to watch as well. Um, it is, and, and each team is different. I've seen it. Minnesota doesn't play their starters, and they went out and started nine and one last year. Um, this year, they didn't play their starters, and they won't start nine and one. Um, I don't know how much stock you put into it, but with a new offense coordinator, I think you're right. You have a new offense coordinator. First time you're going to see these starters is versus Miami on on Sunday. Yeah, and when, Adam, when we do this again next week, um, we'll be talking about a win or a loss. Yes. Fair enough. Look, I hate, I hate I hate making picks on week one. We have like honestly, you don't know until the first month of the season what a team is. So, uh, I I haven't made my pick yet uh, for our picks column that will drop on Thursday, and I'll probably put that off until as late as humanly possible because I am a coward. I've switched okay. it four times. You might be a coward, but I'm I've switched it. I've made my point four different ways. So, so but David, have have you gone off of the Chargers now? Did anything that happened here sway you to taking the Dolphins? I currently, and there could be a fifth iteration. I currently have LAC typed in right now, but do. don't don't throw the don't don't, don't come at me. He's a hater. <laughs> How many days a week does Adam tell me to keep my Dolphin fandom inside? Um, I, I could see it either way. Um, it, it's it's a home game for LA. Not that that means anything out there, but <laughs> it's a home game for the Dolphins. <laughs> Um, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of aqua and orange in those states. There is. And, and, and I'm not saying like Adam makes valid, valid points about last year's game, not being the blueprint that people think it is. There was also outside of the Bengals game last year. That was, that was a rough one. So um, I still have that in my brain. I find it hard to believe the dolphins are going to come out and they got their ass kicked by, by the chargers. That that's, that's what it was. So hopefully this year they do better. Um, but, We'll see. Currently, I have you, LAC written in there. You would assume that the Dolphins are going to give them their best shot. Like they're not going to be flat. It's the opener. They're going to have a, 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 a better emotional investment in the game than they did last year for sure. Right. I can see it going both ways. This is probably the one game all year where I'll have as much trouble as I would. Because to this point, you're, you're going to get the. You're going to know what the Dolphins are up. Like if they look like crap. They might lose to New England. The season's over. If they look awesome, they should go into Foxborough and destroy them. And all of a sudden, it's two and out. So. Okay, so let me just close by saying Dolphins win by a touchdown. Um, that's play okay. into the crowd. In right now, he's playing into the crowd. I I just call it a gut feeling. Um, I, that's that's what I feel. Um, I am going to bet on the Dolphins money line. I'm talking about betting. I'm not even going to take the points, and uh, we'll see how this goes. You know what? The, come next week, Adam, you could you know be sitting here mocking me with egg in my face, but we we will see. Look, at least you're have the courage of your convictions to, to bet yeah. this game. I'm a total coward. I have no idea who's going to win this. No, game. I'm probably going to do money line and also going to do a uh, one, this one to six point um, difference as well. Cause I, I think it's going to fall in there. I think it'll be about a six point game. That's, that's my bet. Um, combine the dolphins money line with the Steelers money line and pay for your dolphins jets tickets. <laughs> In closing, Infante, I am glad. Uh, it has been a, a real treat to have Behrman with us, and that's not at all sarcastic. It's the truth. I, I enjoy talking with him. But thank the Lord it's just you and me next week because, my God, if you're still listening to us an hour in, kudos. I, I take back everything nice I said about Adam H. Oh, speaking of our audience, don't forget to sign up for the newsletter, right, Infante? You might have uh, two a pair of Dolphins uh, season opener tickets in your back pocket. Have you heard about this little contest we're going to be rolling out there, Matthew? That is true. If you go to profootballnetwork.com uh, this week, go sign up for the Miami Dolphins newsletter, and you will be entered in the a, a drawing to win two tickets to the Dolphins home opener, I believe it will be. Um, and if you want me to drink a beer with you in the, the parking lot before the game, I'm your man. That's not extra, huh? No. That <laughs> it's just a cherry yeah. on top. 
the best part. Um, and also, while you're signing up for that ne- newsletter, be sure to go to profootballnetwork.com slash Miami-Dolphins to get all of our Dolphins coverage in one spot. Subscribe to the podcast as well, available on all of your favorite podcast providers. And if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, like, all that good stuff. And uh, David, it was a pleasure having you here. We will Thank definitely do this again. We will try to yes. keep it shorter, but we will do it again. I mean, if you thought this was going to be short, you should be betting on something else. But, you know, your original name for the show came to fruition today. So 100%, 100%. And it was our best one today. So there we go. Everyone check back here uh, next week where we're talking about that Dolphin seven point win. And we will see you next time on the PFN Miami Dolphins podcast. <laughs>